Hi everyone, my name is Judah. I use a slash them. My usual co-host Chris could not be here and I forgot where Z went. He went but to Metro's Pride event. Yeah. True! Yeah. I forgot that that was today! He's yeah. tabling. Um, I was gonna table and then I yeah. forgot about it, but now I'm here! <laughs> they said the white guy instead of the Latino <laughs> <laughs> no. So real. Should. Oh, <laughs> that is true. I forgot so about real. <laughs> so real. Um... Anyways, I look too cute today to not be on camera, so here I am. Literally. All right, team, everyone else, introduce themselves. Hello, I'm JQ. I use any pronouns, and today we're talking about queer dating and na navigating queer romance and problems. <laughs> all of that, just keep, jazz. Just keep back the list. Yeah. Yeah. This <laughs> all needs really to go title. in the title. Okay, we're we going <laughs> clockwise, counterclockwise, we're doing... That's I can go yeah. next. Uh, okay, my name's Arelli. I use they, them pronouns. My name's Lily, and I use any pronouns. My name is Emma. I use they, she, he pronouns. Oh my god, I almost forgot. <laughs> That's uh, so real. That is so real. Honestly, <laughs> so true. That is so real. I forget all the time. Yeah. See, this is why you use any pronouns, so it literally doesn't matter. <laughs> That's exactly. so real. I did that, but then I was like, No. Yeah, I was like, please stop calling me she. Like, please yeah, stop. Like I beg you. <laughs> anyway. <Anyways. laughs> Alright, so this is our episode on queer dating and navigating sex and romance. Whoa. I'm so sorry. I think, I think there is, a, like, a neurological issue going on because I've been stuttering and mixing up my words for several weeks now. And it's gotten progressively worse. But it's fine. Um, anyways, okay. queer dating and navigating sex slash romance. All right, let's, I think we talked about this before we started recording, recording, recording the podcast. Before we went on air. Yeah, before yes. we went yeah, on we air. Um, before we got in the studio. Who, okay, raise your hand if you are in a relationship currently. And also say something, because this is a podcast. Yeah, I know. Yes. <laughs> Sorry for our audio listeners. You actually don't get to know. I'm Sorry. It's a mystery. Yeah. It's a mystery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I introduced myself as Judah, right? Sorry. Yeah. I'm, okay, thank you. Sorry. I just had to make sure I did that, because I was, like, kind of confused. <laughs> Me when I forget my name. So um, real. I'm in a relationship. Same. My lovely partner of two years and... Several months-ish? Our anniversary is actually next month. Oh, oh yeah. 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 yeah, it's on 7-Eleven. That's oh, how I remember yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Uh, my sister, who is a lesbian, um, unfortunately <laughs> she got married. I'm very happy that she got married, but oh, before that her, her anniversary was Hatsune Miku Day, and now it's like a random day. Damn. So Damn. I'm really sad that she lost out on the Hatsune Miku Day anniversary. Yeah, that's fucked up. SMH. I need to like plan it so that I get into a relationship on that day. Exactly. <laughs> so true. Anyway, oh, say something you about your... Yes. Uh, I am also in a relationship with my girlfriend for like a year and oh like close to six it's like gonna be six months this week so. yeah. no sorry not this week this month nice nice Play. and then everyone Play. else is single i guess yep living the single life so what do we start with? I've got dating apps on there, so we, we do if we have dating apps on or there. experience with that. Famously. Every time Famously one way. of my friends joins a dating app, it's just the worst idea in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I think dating apps are, like, fine. I don't think they're the best at, like... For me, at least, I don't find dating apps to be the most conducive to, like, creating actual tangible relationships, especially depending on which one you're on. Like... I think my twin, who's also chronically single, he was like, oh, like, I'm on, like, Tinder, but everyone there is, like, looking just for, like, a hookup. Yeah. Or, like, they're just looking for, like, a short-term relationship. But he's looking for something a little bit more serious, um, something a little bit more, like... A little bit more hand yeah. clap. Hand clap. I don't know why I hand clap, but something just a little bit more. I thought it would, like, cause out. Yeah, yeah thank you. One. Um, there you go. Thank you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I like that um, one, huh? <laughs> something a little bit more involved, um, and 
you know, he also tried the queer ones, and he was only really just making friends on there and, like, more Instagram followers, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so there wasn't, like... Best possible use of a dating app. Getting no, for real. Followers. For real. I think that's what a lot of people do now. They, like, create Tinder and, like, oh, follow me on Instagram at this handle. That's kind of cringe. It is. No, Sorry. Yeah. That's, like, I'm sure it's valid if, you, if you're, like, as a marketing campaign. Like, I don't know. I, like, well, okay. I guess I don't understand why you would do it. Maybe it's not cringe if, if it's for a reason. I think, like, sometimes people like chatting on Instagram better than chatting on oh, a dating okay. app. That's I true. I know I exchange Instagrams with somebody I match with, like, after, like, a couple weeks of talking. Like, we're like, oh, let's talk on Instagram instead. Anyway. I already talked, I think I already talked about this story, but I was, like, prescribed dating apps by my therapist. <laughs> oh, you, uh, you, I yeah. Yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That. So, that's, like, my dating app experience. I did, indeed, sign up on dating apps after my therapist was, like, you need to explore yourself. Get on a couple apps. Feel it out. And I was, like, I did. I haven't, like, been... I haven't been faithfully going to therapy, <laughs> nor have I been faithfully go unfaithful. I'm cheating on my therapist. Heretically <laughs> going to therapy. I know. I've been, yeah, I I haven't been going to therapy or responding to my Bumble matches very well. In fact, if my Bumble match, I tell my Bumble match to watch the podcast, actually. As you should. That's yeah. great. And so my Bumble match, if you're watching this, heart, I'm sorry, I don't respond very well. <laughs> But yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like dating apps definitely have brands. You know, like there are certain apps that you go on if you're looking for something a little more serious versus apps that you go on if you're looking to just like hook up with somebody, whatever. But I feel like when you're queer, it's all just kind of like very much not serious. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if people can actually like make real relationships happen on dating apps but then like the specifically queer ones are also kind of heinous because they are just <laughs> like oh my god follow my tiktok follow my instagram like i don't respond on here like whatever it's just, hmm. i don't know yeah and if you're like this is not personal experience again because i abhor all apps as you should if it's an app i hate it <laughs> I, um yeah sorry my friends who are like bi women or lesbian women are out there absolutely struggling on every dating app to find other women who are attracted to women mm. and it's like simply could not be me so many people <laughs> i know in real life are lesbians or bi women and like i cannot put, willingly put myself in a space where i'm going to have to find straight men sorry <laughs> I think there are... Oh, sorry. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. That's, that's uh, all there is. Um, I think there are dating apps now that are specifically geared towards, like, sapphic women and femmes. Yeah. There's um, her. Yeah, her. Well, which yeah. I have. They don't respond to you, though. <laughs> ever. Oh. I have nightmares about my her matches. <laughs> what? what? Why? No. no, it's literally... It's just, like... I don't know. I feel like... I get it, because, you know, like, a lot of people come out later in life, um, later in life being, like, in your 20s, apparently, <laughs> um, but come out later, you know, and, like, don't really know how to flirt with women, and it's, like, a little much for them, or, like, non-binary people, whatever, just misgendering myself casually, it's fine, um, but, like, I don't know, I feel like I get like on queer apps specifically like i get so many people who like do not know how to turn it into a date or like a romantic flirty conversation just like babe at a certain point yeah i always found it like hard especially when you know i was dating around before i found my partner like it was always hard with a lot of like you know women that i matched with it was always hard to kind of like go beyond that kind of like friendship Mm -hmm. route like, because it was, like, it was always hard to decipher whether or not her compliment was, like, oh, my God, you're, like, so pretty. It was more, like, yeah. was, like, romantic? Was it, like, friendly? Because, you know, in a lot of my friendships with other women that I'm in, that did not come out of the right sentence, but it's fine. <laughs> I think everyone knows what I mean. Um, you know, we tell each other that all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, you look so good. Like, oh my god, I would date you. You know what I mean? But it's not, like, serious. <laughs> okay, I, t- I have never told someone that I'm not attracted to, oh my god, I would date you. 
just so we're clear. I have told people that I'm not attracted to that I would give them a little kiss on the lips, and that's uh, that's as far as it's gone. <laughs> you know, because that's a funny phrase. Yeah, that is, a- that is fun. Yeah, but that's a fair point. Me um. personally, I'm. I am the problem that you're describing. I have no fucking <laughs> talk. No, I talked to my girlfriend only when she initiated at the beginning because I was like, oh my God, she's just being friendly. She like just at like, like we met through like marching band. Um, <laughs> not to out myself as a band kid. But, but like the gayest sport. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Um, and like we, we would like talk at like the parties and stuff. Um, except I wouldn't talk to her because I was like, she just asked if I was going to be there because she was being nice and polite. Oh my God. And so that's real. what happened in my brain for like hmm, three months. Uh, <laughs> so every time we went on a date and then she paid and I was like, what, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Um, it was very, it was a very confusing time for me. I didn't I, know it was a date until afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> that's also another thing too, is that like, there ass. is kind of like that confusing air of like. Is this going to be a thing? Is this not a thing? Am I, like, overthinking it? Because I also do feel a lot of that anxiety. Even still, like, I've been with my partner for, like, two... Like I said, I've, I've been with my partner for around two years now. Three, almost three years next month. Um, like, it's still always, like, am I overthinking this? Am I not? Am I not thinking about it enough? Like, there's always that kind of anxiety there, and I feel like everyone feels it across that board, that anxiety in, like, relationships or, like, budding relationships, like, whether or not you're doing enough to, like, keep their attention, or, like, you're doing, and that could, also, that could just be me, like, I'm a chronic overthinker, mm-hmm. like, it's just one of those things, too, that I feel like a lot of other people struggle with, especially if they have, like, anxiety, um, and all of that, um, it's kind of, like, how do you know, like, until, like, you're actually, like, dating that person and they've explicitly told you we're dating, like, how do you know before that, that, like, they're looking for something that's, um, exclusive? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The exclusive thing was also something that I, like, just couldn't tell about either, which, like, she was like, you're a fucking idiot. Why would I not want something exclusive? And I was like, bro, I don't know. I didn't know you. Because um, <laughs> we had just met well, each other. Well, because there are some people who are, like, like, polyamorous. Yeah, exactly. Or, like, they're, like, non-monogamous and they, like, seek out other partners. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. No judgment there. Um, but, you know, there is always that conversation, too, about, like, monogamy, exclusivity, and what that means, and... We could have a whole podcast episode about like different, different relationship structures and polytools and all of that. I think those are so interesting to learn about because I didn't know about them until I didn't know about. I don't know the different the different ways that people approach poly or like how broad of an umbrella and how many relationships can encompass like under or or fall under the label i guess of polyamory mm-hmm. and i think that i think that's very fun to figure out the way that people navigate that yeah no it's tough because like even when you realize like oh you're flirting with me for real it's like okay but are you flirting with me and like a, you want to date me monogamously way or is it just like a flirty thing is it that you're dating multiple people like what's going on there but it's really hard to ask those questions, you know? Yeah, because um, I feel like you have to put yourself on the spot. And a yeah. lot of people are comfortable with that. Yeah. Like, it's because you're in, like, a, also, like, a very vulnerable posi- vulnerable position as well. Like, it's not just, like, asking. It's, like, now you're putting yourself out there and, like, making that, like, significant step. Mm-hmm. So the problem I always have in situations like that is that it feels not only like I'm putting myself out there, but also like I'm putting something on the other person. Yeah. Oh, like true. if they, they aren't trying to flirt with me and I think they are and I ask about it, then they're going to be really uncomfortable and like mm-hmm. re- reevaluate a lot of their behavior if they're like anything like me slash an overthinker. And so yeah. it's the kind of thing where I'm always like, if I am misinterpreting this, they're going to feel so bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> That is also true, too. It's always that kind of, like, you're put in that awkward spot of just, like... Because it's always awkward to, like, reject someone. Like, I've had mm-hmm. to do that several times, and it's always, like, it sucks because you're just like, oh, I didn't think all that about you, but sure. 
And it's always, like, it's always so, it feels so bad. Like, it just, like, it, it, like, obviously, yeah, it hurts the other person. But also, it's, like, it hurts me personally, too, especially because if you're, like, really good friends with that person, it's, like, oh, I thought we were only friends. Yeah, no, it's, like, it's so bad when it's a stranger, but it's, like, horrible when it's your friend. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, like, I, how am I going to look you in the eyes? Yeah. (laughs) Rough. Deep stuff. Deep stuff. Deep deep stuff. What else we got on the notes? We got a lot of stuff on the notes. We got a lot of stuff on the notes. Well, we talked about queer apps. We did. Yes. Um, Um, Okay. Well, I think one of the things was having um, sober spaces versus having, like, alcohol-based spaces, Mm -hmm. like bars and parties. So, what are our thoughts? I'm... I think we should have a good mix of both. Mm -hmm. I do think that, like... I do think sometimes that, like, spaces that have alcohol can be a little bit overwhelming. Um, And I think that, like, sometimes it's cute to just sit down and, like, talk and, Mm. like, hang out and not have to, like, pummel alcohol down your throat (laughs) um, for funsies. Funsies. (laughs) I think, like, I also think, too, that there's an over-reliance on kind of, like, clubs I guess Mm -hmm. and I don't want to sound like a prude because I like going out and I like having a good time but sometimes I'm just like I just want to sit down no talk to people like I'm 24 I like to drink occasionally you know like I like to have fun but sometimes it's just like not the vibe like I don't want to be like I don't want to need to be like in a drinking space or to be drinking to be around like queer people you know like I want to just like able to hang out normally but that's so hard to find and even when you find it it's like it's still kind of like a toss-up if it's like the space for you you know I also feel like in to bring it back to like dating and all of that I feel like the club space can be only like a hookup only type space yeah where like people are not really looking to like talk and like you know get to know you they're like looking just to have sex and that's it and again that's fine it doesn't Mm -hmm. you know for some people, that, like, is their thing, and that's okay. Um, but, you know, for other people, like, for me, I found that it was... I didn't really like hookup culture all that much. Like, mm-hmm. for me, it felt very, like, uncomfortable, and I really just didn't want to do that. Especially because some people could be kind of, like, skeevy. And so, like, you know, you just kind of just got to be like, oh, I don't want to do all that with you. Mm-hmm. And especially, I feel like it can get a little bit... And again, I don't want to sound like a prude or I'm coming from, like, the temperance movement or whatever. (laughs) But I feel like alcohol can create a really, like, depending on who, like, you're with, it can create a really, like, hostile environment. Mm -hmm. And you don't, I feel like with alcohol, like, it's really hard, too, to kind of navigate, like, sex as well. Because, like, you can't, like, when you're drunk, you can't actually, like, consent to anything. Like. And also, also, like, alcohol, at least for uh, never mind. I'm not going to confess to crimes uh, uh, live on air. At least you've heard from your 21 plus friends. Yes. Has never drank a drop of alcohol ever. Actually. Alcohol in general, not from personal experience. Um, kind of like fucks with motor control and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I feel like trying to navigate people's boundaries when you've just met them. And both of you are like moderately impaired. Possibly physically, possibly mentally. is Right. Truly, I don't understand why people do that. Yes. Maybe not the safest, not always the safest position to be put in. I also feel like in, like, sober spaces, too, like, it might be just a little bit easier for people to kind of talk, and it might feel a lot, it's, like, a lot safer, too, I think, Mm -hmm. especially for, like, young queer people, right? Like, okay, older queer people, you know, they can kind of choose to not, they can choose to not have, well, I guess younger people can choose too, but I feel like younger people don't have enough spaces to, like, kind of congregate that don't involve alcohol. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like college really pressures you to kind of, like, do the party thing and go out and drink, you know, underage drink while you're, like, 18 and young and dumb. I ended up in the hospital one time because of that. Oh. Um, 
And so I think, like, it can get, like, kind of dangerous for younger queer people. And especially if they don't know what they're doing. They're, like, you know, they don't have, you know, good network, safety network around them. Like, these spaces can be very dangerous. You know, these these not, these unsober spaces can just be very, like, bad for them. And so I don't know. I feel like we should offer more, like, just normal, non-alcoholic, non drug spaces that people can just sit in and like talk and relax maybe play like a board game or two I don't know yeah Yeah, that's where I really like the idea of like I've seen but never in like an area that I live in I'm sure there's countless in LA well not countless but more in LA than you know anywhere else you know what I'm gonna stop talking about that uh (laughs) I'm just gonna keep adding modifiers um Uh, I really like the idea of, like, queer cafes and stuff like that, where it's, like, you know, like, a a coffee shop or something like that, and it's just, like, a space to, like, hang out. I think that's, like, such a cute idea. Yeah, no, I used to go to community college, like, right around the corner of Cuties LA back when they had, like, a physical coffee shop. Oh. And it was, like, such a nice, cool space to go to, but it shut down, like, so quickly because they just could not afford to stay open because, like... It's so hard to keep, like, a queer, sober space open. Like, it's hard to keep a queer space open in general, but, like, a sober space, like, that's even harder. It's rough. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, the fact is, alcohol is extremely overpriced, which makes it uh, a very, a good profit margin. Yeah, Yeah. that's fair. So true. I don't know. I'm, like, like a nerd. So, like, (laughs) I don't really, like go out clubbing or do stuff but I like for me it's really like a sober space is like more comfortable for me because I just like kind of chilling I get kind of overstimulated in like loud environments and really really hitting the nerd like marks here but I think that's like a nerd thing it's like normal yeah so I just want like a nice chill environment to like get to know people and honestly this was just something I was thinking about which is like I'm gonna be so sad when I graduate because I'm gonna miss outright and just being in like a room full of queer people and just like chatting and being open about like stuff I mean like I feel like I'm going to really like look into like my LGBT like resource centers like community Mm -hmm. centers And I think that that could be, like, an example of, like, a sober space where, like, you can meet, like, LGBT people. And then, like, honestly, I mean, like, I know one of my, like, centers, like, in the Bay Area, they have, like, gay bingo. (laughs) Sounds incredible. And I'm like, to meet meet your lover over gay bingo. Like, kind (laughs) of a dream. That feels on brand for you. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. But, yeah. I am pro sober space, but I'm also pro like, like not sober spaces. Like you know, <laughs> I'm like yes, go out, have fun. <laughs> yes. I think it's good to have fun every like once in a while. You know, yeah. sometimes I feel like some people can over rely on that as like a way to de stress. You know, because mm-hmm. um, I don't want to party all the time. I just want to like sometimes I just want to chill, and even like even like in between like there's not a lot of like in between spaces either like especially in WeHo a lot of it is like drinking and dancing but there's no like actual like bars where you can just like sit down and like actually like talk to people yeah no it's so loud yeah it's like it's so always always, like it's always banging down there in WeHo (laughs) like I miss I just want to go to a normal bar, man. I don't want to, like, yeah. I don't want to go. Quiet, nice, yeah. like, there's food. I don't want to see a half-naked go-go dancer. <laughs> like, I just want to, like, sit down and talk, you know? Yeah, no, that's yeah. so real. Bar, but with queer people in it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just, honestly, I second Lily's point about sensory issues so hard. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, la- loud spaces? No. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I'm, like, a big talker. Like, I love to hear... Like, I like to talk a lot. Like, maybe too much. And, like... But... And you can't talk when you're at a club. No, you, you just can't. Like, yeah, it's too loud. So I just feel like, what do I do? Like, this is my safety mechanism. is <laughs> like, speaking. And, like, yeah, I'm not a big dancer either. Yeah, and that's, like, somebody who doesn't really experience, like, physical attraction to, like, a stranger like that. No, so real. It's, like... 
why am I like why are we here like why are we doing this right now like I want to talk to you I want to get to know you like that's the only way that anything's gonna happen there so why are we here that's so real I think that that might be like I was like throwing around like like am I like arrow because I never really felt like a desire to date and like it's not something that I've really seen for myself that much, but then I kind of can imagine it, and I'm like it'd be nice, but I think that you hit like a big point, which is I don't feel like physical attraction to like strangers. Yeah. Like I don't really see like a random person, and then I'm like, oh, I want to date them. Like I might be like, oh, they're very beautiful. Like oh, like kind of cute. Yeah, like oh, that's crazy that your face did that. But like, <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, it's like okay, mm-hmm. see ya. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say one of the things I do really like about the queer community is there's sort of a, a broader range of types of relationships that are seen as not like valid, but it's like queer platonic relationships where you have a lasting partnership with someone who you aren't necessarily romantically dating or like having sex with is a, a relationship type that I really wish like cis-heteronormative society could consider. I feel like there was like <laughs> a time. bit there in the 1600s where everyone was so <laughs> sexist. Where everyone was so sexist that it wrapped around again to being like having your bestie who's your life partner <laughs> totally cool and accepted. Uh, and then people got like 20% less sexist so we're at like the current level of sexism and that like got forgotten somewhere along the way. Wow, yeah. <laughs> This is my unified theory. I just think a lot of it. That was so good. (laughs) I think in the United States specifically, because I can't really speak to like other countries, because I think they're more. Some of them are more collectivists than you know the ones we have now. So it is more acceptable to just live with like a friend or like to live with family, Mm -hmm. depending. Um, But in the United States specifically, like they value like the nuclear family or like models of nuclear family like so much, Mm -hmm. like. I, I've talked about this before, but I do have conflicting feelings about gay marriage being legalized because of how it kind of legitimizes, it legitimizes some of the cruelty that happens if you're not married. Like, if you live outside of a traditional, a traditional marriage. Like, I was listening to a podcast one time that was talking about how a lesbian couple, they had to divorce because when they got married, when gay marriage was legalized, but I guess they were making together because you file joint taxes once you're married together, they're making too much money and they were losing when one of the partners was disabled. So they were losing that disability money and they couldn't survive and they couldn't live off what they were making, you know, with jobs and everything. And the disability was just getting too much. So they had a divorce. Um, and so like, yeah, it's kind of interesting how, like, there's not really much... There's, it's kind of interesting how, like, that kind of just only really applied to, like, cis, able-bodied queer people, and not so much, like, other people who kind of fall outside that, like, margin. And, you know, we also talk about, too, like, this, like, idea that queer people need to model the nuclear family to be accepted. Like, they need to have the children, the two mm-hmm. the two kids. You know, they have to have that kind of, like, model. They have to have that, like, modeled relationship for them to be valid in the eyes of straight people, right? Like, those yeah. are the only queers that are valid because they have families. Um, a lot of it is just, like, respectability politics and all of that jazz. Um, all that to say, like, yeah, you can't really, like, have a queer platonic relationship in the U.S., like, without it being so, like, without people being judgmental about it, because, like, people, like, love the idea of, like, the nuclear family and, like, living in, like, single-unit homes, you know, where only, like, mom, dad, sister, brother, like, all live to, like, together. Maybe they have a dog. Who knows? <laughs> definitely no grandparents. Yeah, Ew. with no grandparents and all of that. I mean, like, I lived... I'm Latino, so, like, I've lived, you know, I live I live with my grandparents. I lived in a house that had, like, nine people in it. Like, that was not the norm for me. But I know for a lot of, like, my friends who lived, who weren't, like, Latino, like, that wasn't the norm for them. Yeah. They had, like, you know, they have parent, parent, child, 
child, and pet. Yeah, no, this is, like, maybe not super related, but, um, like, it's so wild to me just to think about how there are so many people that I know that it's, like, they don't talk to their sibling at all. Their sibling lives, like, in an entirely different state. Yeah. Their parents moved away to, like, an entirely different state or country or whatever, and it's just, like, that's normal. Whereas in Latino culture, it's, like, so normal for everybody to be, like, close together. Yeah. And, like, it's just wild. Like, they only see their grandparents, like, once every like holiday or whatever um as opposed to like living with them <sighs> yeah we're like, dating yeah it's, it's, it's <laughs> interesting it's just interesting from like yeah that perspective but also like back to like tying it back to like the queer community i also mm-hmm. feel like too like a lot of people don't take this idea of found family seriously yeah like at least not in terms of like in an like an inst- in like an institutional sense right like Like, these, like, these families don't get, you know, the same assistance as, like, normal families do, right? right? Because they can't prove that they're all related to each other, or they can't prove that they've all been, like, together, right? Like, Mm -hmm. they have to kind of rely on, like, themselves to get through, like, especially, like, for, like, queer people who have been, like, kicked out of their homes, and they found other queer people to, like, live together with. Like, it's so hard in an institutional sense to survive. Yeah. Um... Just because, again, there's no, there's no institutional backing or support for families that are not necessarily this traditional, like, biological nuclear family. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I feel like it also, like, affects our relationships, too, because now, like, I feel like sometimes, for a lot of people, that's what they seek, is, like, that model, like, relationship. Or that model of, like, like a lot, even, like, even, I feel like, even in queer uh, relationships, there can be a lot of, like, perpetuating or of these, like, ideas. Yeah, or, there's definitely, like, that feeling sometimes when you're dating of it's, like, okay, who's the boy and who's the girl? The girl, girl yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's oh, weird to see. try, it's weird to try to break out of that mindset. Yeah. I feel like, um... I feel like where I thought Judah was going to go with this. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, not like gender roles within a relationship, but forming a relationship that has to be a completely independent union where neither of you like need support from other outside places because you're supposed to be emulating this nuclear family, this like completely self-sufficient and closed unit, which is wild because that's not how people work. Yeah. Uh, I know. I'm sorry. No, continue. I just don't think, um, like, putting all of your emotional needs on one person. Okay, actually, we are back to the who's the boy and who's the girl <laughs> yeah. question. Yeah, no. I remember we talked about that in anthropology. Like, it was, like, the nuclear family and how it's just completely unnatural for the human psychology yeah. to put all of their emotional needs on this one dream person that is, like, you know, which is just, it's monogamy, but it's also just, like, the nuclear family where you leave your family. So now this person has to be fulfilled the emotional needs that maybe your mom or your dad or your uncle or your aunt or your cousins used to fulfill. And now it's just on them. And then like your two kids and like, that's not fair to put on one person or like those kids that you have, if you have kids. So like, and then that's why a lot of people feel like isolated in like capitalist societies And, like, you know, because you are only depending on one person. And that's why they say, like, they feel like divorce is so high, especially in the U.S. Like, there's definitely reasons that are variables. You know, divorce being high isn't necessarily a bad thing. Right. Because, you know, freedom, you know, letting, you know, people choose to be able to leave a relationship, that's so important. But but a lot of people also think that part of it is just that, People are really unhappy because their depend their relationship is their only source of connection mm-hmm. to the world, and we put a we really don't emphasize familial or friendship relationships in the U.S. It's all about romance, and that romance is all one person. So it's a lot of pressure to put on your marriage, which can lead to problems. Not that there aren't extra problems, just with misogyny and like society in general. But, like, that was something we talked about in anthropology, and I thought that was interesting and, like, kind of relevant to what we were talking about. In terms of, like, queer relationships, I guess it's just, like, 
the same thing. Like, you... Because queer people are pressured to emulate straight relationships. It just goes back to, like, putting all this pressure on this one queer person that has to, like, fulfill the needs of, like, your whole life. And it's just kind of, like, not realistic. And so I guess that goes into, like, the importance of queer community. Like, because maybe a lot of queer people can't rely on their families. So, like, having queer friendships is so important because it's important to have multiple connections, not just the romantic ones. So I think that's kind of getting a little off topic. But. No, 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 <laughs> that's you're absolutely right. Like, it does... Go ahead, Lurley. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, that's, like, a really good point because I feel like as queer people, like, when you're searching for community, it's really easy to, like accidentally or inadvertently like try to turn that community into something romantic because you just kind of feel like you have to you know like whatever but it's like it's totally valid to have these people just be your friends or just be your family like they don't need to be your partner yeah no personal experience with both of those topics because like I realized more recently that my past relationships were kind of just like I really like being your friend and I want this to like like and I've said this all on the podcast before, but, um, like, and I just want, I wanted it to, like, I wanted to be, like, even more friends, but so, but then, like, there's nothing, there's nothing really, like, there's no distinction, there's no above that, and I saw, like, romantic relationship as a step above that, a way to intensify the relationship more, but then I realized, like, as I got into the relationship that I actually did just want to be friends, and then, you know, we were in a relationship, and then it was, you know, um, <laughs> and then as for, like, I don't know, uh, queer friendships and community and being isolated when you're in a relationship like one of the things for me personally about being in a relationship with my girlfriend is that like I I obviously I love her you know we're not you know (laughs) um uh and I like think about like I hope she's not listening to this because that would be embarrassing. Um, <laughs> oh she God, told me you, she like, doesn't have a crush on her. <laughs> Stop, yeah. no, I mean, this is Do you like your sense. girlfriend? Stop. Do you like, like, oh like her? Oh my God, oh my God, whatever. Oh my God. Whatever. It's kicking my feet, twirling my hair around my finger, whatever. Uh, <laughs> like, um, I think about the, uh, the, po- the possibility of like living with her after college, but then, and I think that would be super fun, but then it also kind of makes me sad to think about like, not living with roommates anymore and not having that like natural community that I've found with like having like your friends because I have like five roommates so like there's like always somebody around you know and it's like kind of like a community um in and of itself like even though I wasn't friends with them before I am now and like almost all of them are queer so like that counts that's on topic um uh, yeah I don't know so the, the idea of going to like a two-person buying unit uh because you know that's where the nuclear family kind of evolved from um just kind of i don't know it, it seems a little lonely i guess i'm going to get into nsfw talk for a bit and i but but hear me out disclaimer <laughs> i'm plugging in the print because i actually i i co-wrote this article with another writer oh yeah um we wrote an article about sex um one of the interesting oh, yeah one of the interesting <laughs> Not the S word. Sorry. I just wanted to say it's NSFW in case some people aren't comfortable with sex. I prefer um, the term scootily pooping. What? <laughs> no. Personally, my favorite euphemism for sex is a devil's tango. I did think that's that was, so funny. Did that just come from, like, your brain? Oh, like, no. It's from um, Crash Course. Oh, that's no. great. That's Interesting. even better. Oh, um, you bro. know when, like, in fanfiction when they would call it, like, smacks? Oh, yes! No! <laughs> I'm oh so old. God. I remember they were calling NSFW fanfiction's lemons. Lemons. I was to say lemons. Lemons and limes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lemons and limes. Okay, anyways, sorry. Um, so in this article, um, my the co-writer, Brenna, who's an amazing writer, by the way. We love Brenna. Shout out. Um, Shout out. I don't even know anything about Destiny, but that article that they wrote was, like, so entertaining. No, it was I actually finished amazing. the whole thing. It was great. Um... <laughs> Brenna introduced me to this book that talked about queer sex and queer relationships and what that looks like. And one of the things that some of the writers have pointed out is how we've, like, we've assigned genders to certain actions in sex. Like, penetration we assign with, we assign, like, male. And, like, sorry, it's really awesome. 
uncomfortable talk for a bit. We assign it with being male while we, like, assign, like, things, like, fingering, I guess, to, like, female. Or, like, the way that, like, even in, in terms of, like, position, too, like, we assign male and female position. There is no just, like, person-person position. It's always, like, male-female position. Even if you, like, really think about it, the dichotomy of, like, submissive versus dominant is also very gendered. Mm -hmm. Like... Or, like, topping and bottoming. Yeah, topping and bottoming. Like, those are also very gendered, you know, things that happen in sex. They shouldn't be gendered, but they are. Like, the person who is usually being dominated is someone who is more feminine who is the more feminine of, of the couple, while the person who is topping is the more masculine of the couple. Um, again, not always not always the case, but in a majority of the cases, that's how it works. I always think that's so interesting. Sorry, you're just talking about, like, assigning, like, gender roles to, like, queer people. It also happens in sex as well. I, no. Sex is on there, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it happens in sex as well. Add that it's in to the title. title. <laughs> it, I, wasn't it already in the title? No, I don't think so. Oh, well, there you go. I think I just got into the problems. <laughs> real no like actually that's like so real though because i feel like a lot of people who just kind of like recently came out usually or like other people anyway like a lot of queer people um basically kind of like feel like they need to define if they're like a top or a bottom but the way that they talk about it it just kind of seems like they're seeing it as another gender role, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, like, you can deviate from that. Like, you don't need to, like, strictly assign yourself to, like, one or the other. It's totally fine, you know? I feel, like, I almost feel the same way about that as I do about those lesbian couples where they're both, like, performing very sort of standard, like, white cis femininity. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, we're, like, not like those other lesbian couples. Yeah. I feel the same way about like gay men on grinder who will be like oh no like no fans mask mask only like yeah. we it's just gender roles again <laughs> yeah it's just so weird because like we as a community always talk about going above these like gender roles and like dismantling them but we still even in our personal relationships still assign ourselves these roles like i've had to like check my own self and be like all right this is not what's ha like in my own relationship and be like all right that's not that is not what's happening like you know i mean obviously like we've taken on different like my partner loves to cook he's the cook i'm not i can't really cook i don't really oh. like it i think it's too i think it's like too much work i don't know how he does it he loves it i'm like i can't I don't have the energy. It's the chopping things that gets me. That's, that's, that's the most Okay, that's also because my apartment only has dull knives. Uh, oh, no. So maybe that doesn't help. Actually, I think some of them are kind of sharp. Uh, <laughs> but that just makes the chopping into... Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, so he does the cooking, and, like, I'm the one with the job, so I usually buy all, all the ingredients the and stuff. The job. <laughs> Sorry! I don't mean to call him jobless. He's studying... <laughs> studying for the LSATs right now, so he hasn't really had time to, like, apply for a job. Employed in the future. <laughs> He'll be employed in the future, just not now. Um, <laughs> the point is, like, I'm the one that has, you know, a lot more disposable income than yeah. he does. Again, not his fault. It's not me calling him <laughs> broke or whatever. But, like, I've had to kind of, like, check myself and be like, alright, like, I don't want to, like, ever imply that like he doesn't do like he doesn't put in as much of the work as I do just because I'm the one who like buys the groceries and like all of that like I don't want to ever imply that like he's more he's the feminine counterpart like of the relationship when none of us like necessarily are like does that make sense I don't know yeah yeah like I don't want to like ever like imply that like you know that oh haha -ha, like he's he's the woman and I'm the man. Like, it's just, like, right. that feels weird and icky. I don't want to do that to him. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. Really interesting. I do think gender roles are just kind of funny. 
like in a hee kind of ha ha kind of way. Like they're not, they're so unserious Real. to me. Real. Yeah. So that they I am. They are so unserious. They are so unserious. So then I just be like, so if I do be like, oh, I want to, <laughs> I joke that I want to be a distant father. <laughs> oh my God, wait, that's such a role. I love being people's like dad. Yeah, I want to be the father, but, like, what does that mean? I don't know. And then I also would say that, like, I've, like, like, I've never had sex nor yearn to have sex, really, but I feel... Yearning is such a good word for that. Yearning. Anyway. Yearning to have sex. (laughs) Yearning to have sex. Amazing. Anyway. Yeah, no, but, like... Just from like what, just from like what people talk about, I'm like, oh, like I'm top, like I'm a dom. <laughs> just like I'm like energy wise, and I'm like, but in an unserious haha kind of way. I do so, think like, that some people can be like really like if they just met you, they're like, oh, I'm, I can tell you're bottom. Like I always hate that. See, that's like. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's, like, yeah, I think it's very unserious. Like, if someone takes it seriously or tries to judge other people, then it's, like, icky. Like, yeah. icky yeah. no and good. Big so L. There was a tweet. Yeah. Sorry, you said, like, I want to I wanna be, like, a distant father or whatever. That movie really laughing. It reminded me of a tweet that was, like, I'm an uncle but an aunt kind of way. And I was, like, oh, that's so me. real. Yeah. That's so I love real. describing that's things fun. like that. See. I have no idea like, what that means. I, you but don't also, um, all my family lives on like the complete opposite coast, so you know. True. Here I am. On the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I like playing with gender roles in like a funny way. Like, like in, they are my playground. Like, yeah. I just like I want a house husband. I think I something that kind of like pulled me away from like the concept of dating men um as a lesbian myself (laughs) was was the thought of like just being forced into this like gender role of like oh like i have to be the woman in this relationship because you're a man um i feel like that's just like so common and it's just it's not the vibe no yeah big time it just reminded me of like all the stories on like the internet where it was like like, dudes respecting their, um, you know, cis men, respecting their, or, like, the the bi goth girlfriend and mm. gamer boy series, like, where, like, cis men will date a non-binary AFAB person and say that they respect them being non-binary, but then refer to them as their girlfriend or, yeah. like, talk to, you know, just basically treat them like they would assist woman and just not really kind of get the concept that just mm. because they're AFAB doesn't mean that they are a female, a, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, always... I don't know. It just, I also, that was also yeah. the thing that drew me away from dating men was because I felt like they wouldn't be able to get out of that gender role mindset and I wouldn't be able to either. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like, I feel like for non-binary people, I always feel like it's always hard to kind of date because I feel like a lot of people don't. The people that you date don't, if they're cis, like, they don't really get it. Yeah. Like, granted, my partner has always asked and has always been, like, has always asked me, like, clarifying questions. But, like, you know, in other relationships that I've been in, it was always, like, they didn't get it and they didn't make an effort to get it, which also kind of sucked. Because I was like, oh, well... I'm not a girl? Yeah, no, it's, like, it's really tough because, like, I get it, you know? Like, I get that you look at me and you're, like, she, her. Like, that totally makes sense. But it is, like, a little painful. Like, when I really like somebody and they're, like, she, and then they correct themselves, like, because they're usually, like, good people. They correct themselves. It's, like, oh, like, that is how you're perceiving me and I just have to deal with that. Like, oh. Yeah, I've had to kind of get out (laughs) of, like, I had I I kind of had to get out of that like of like thinking about how other people perceive me mm-hmm. like I know that they're not gonna perceive me as non-binary and like usually they're not gonna perceive me as non-binary unless I say it specifically mm-hmm. and I do like I don't necessarily dress androgynously 
which is a definitely real thing. It's definitely not just also a made-up like, gender role. <laughs> yeah, like, my tits are basically no, out right now. <laughs> like, it's just, like... As they should be. Happy no, Pride. Truth. Happy Pride, Happy y'all. Pride. Happy Pride. We haven't said that yet this episode. Happy Pride, <laughs> y'all. Pride. We're against Happy Pride Month. <laughs> you yeah, get Pride. my boobs. <laughs> Yeah. We are not proud. We are, uh, we are gay and, we are and humble. <laughs> <laughs> Humility. <laughs> I'm the pull, like, we're actually all allies. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. We're, we're speaking not. over yeah. actual yeah. queer people. <laughs> um, no, but, like, I ha- I, I've had to get out of that kind of, like, mindset, especially when, like, dating, too. And, like, it's gotten, it's taken a while to kind of, like, to get comfortable, I guess, with, like, to get comfortable with, with not necessarily being non-binary, but with how other people think of me as non-binary. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. I, like, for me, I consider this, like, my costume. Like, this is, like, <laughs> me, like, because I, like, am consider myself, like, non-binary, gender-fluid, but, like, more towards, like, the mask. And, like, even though I... But the hyper femme is, like... It's, like, almost like dressing in drag to me. I feel that. Yeah. So, I'm, like... So, and I go by she, her sometimes because, like, drag queens go by she, her. So, like, you know... So, that's, it, like, that to me. So, that makes me feel more comfortable the way people perceive me. Because I'm, like, oh, like, it gives me control... Like, I feel like, oh, I'm in control. Like, I want you to perceive me. This is my amazing, like, fan costume. Like, you know, yeah. I don't know. That helped me. But, like, for people who don't want to be, like, like outwardly femme, or, I feel like I just got lucky that I don't mind that kind of costuming or that I like femininity. But it's kind of sucky because when I want to be masculine, like, I want to look like a guy dressed as a girl. But I just look like a girl dressed as a girl. So I'm like, L. But <laughs> it's okay. I just want... So it's it's whatever. Yeah. It's something to think about. And I think that's... It's something to unpack for sure. And I think that does stop me from dating sometimes. Because I don't, like... I don't know if, like... Like, I would have to find somebody that gets that. Yeah. And, like, I think I would need to find somebody else who's also gender fluid or non-binary. Because, like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's an interesting little thing. Yeah. I don't want to be somebody's... I had, like, a whole mental breakdown because I realized I don't want to be somebody's wife. Like, I don't want to be their little girlfriend. And, like, that literally drives me insane. Like, thinking about being somebody's, like, girlfriend. I'm like, no. But, Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So we're I driving Lily no, yeah. to the unpacking factory. <laughs> the unpacking <laughs> factory. <laughs> oh, no. factory actually. Yeah. I don't know. I think those. I like. I like the dressing and like the she her like because like on the days where I dress the most feminine, like the hyper femme days of my expression, are like the day are oftentimes the days where I feel not super feminine or female on the inside I guess but I'm like having fun having like cute little makeup and dress and it's like a very cute little time and even if it's like not like reflective of what's what's happening in my brain it's like not it's not it's not a dissonance you know they work together yeah no it's so interesting seeing like the dysphoria change from like day to day because there are some days where, like, I love wearing my little colorful makeup, my earrings, yeah. whatever. And then there are other days where, like, I see it and I start putting it on. And I'm like, I'm, no. <laughs> like, this is not happening right now. And I just have to, like, scrub it all off and look, like, super grimy. And, like, I put my hair up. I, like, tuck it in. Like, I just, like, I can't deal with it. It's definitely, it's fun. <laughs> it's, like, super fun. <laughs> Gender is such a fun experience, you it's know? It's crazy, bro. To steer it back towards queer relationships. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah! I just had a thought about the queer relationship with the body. Yeah, true. Is that not the queerest relationship of all? That is so fucking true. Um, to steer it back to relationships and the idea of being put into a gendered box. Um, you know. Anyways, uh, I kind of, <laughs> if if you know, to bring it back to, towards a more positive note, I feel like with. 
um, with my girlfriend, it's kind of like, that's the thing that I found really freeing about this relationship in particular, uh, is that I just feel like I can kind of do whatever I want with myself and she will still want to be with me, which is like super fun and cool and epic. Um, <laughs> uh, oh fuck, what was I going to say about that? Oh, but particularly in regards to non-binary identity, she is cis, but it never really feels like she's putting me into a box or anything. Like, you know, I, cause obviously the same problem with being non-binary and AFAB non-binary and dating a cis man could apply to, you know, of the box, uh, the box could apply to, um, being like non-binary and dating, like a, a cis woman, you know, they could see you in the same way. Um, and I've, I don't know, I've never really felt like that. It's kind of, it's also kind of just like, I don't have to think that hard about like, cause I feel like a lot of the time I'm like thinking about the way that I'm presenting and the way that I want to present, not in a bad way, but just in the sense like, oh, am I like presenting in the way that I want to right now? Um, not so much in regards to other people, but I feel like I don't really have to think about it as much. Like, like not to get cheesy, but like, so like, I don't have to like think about it as much when I'm with her. Like, it's not like woman and non-binary person. It's just kind of like us. That is Aww. so cute. Yeah. My God. Mm -hmm. So poggers of you. So poggers of me. You heard them. So poggers. 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 Pog champion. <laughs> Literally pog champ. God. What a good word. <laughs> Pog. <laughs> Isn't it pog to be in love? <laughs> Happy Pride, everyone. Happy Pride. Pog Champ Pride. Hope you have a Pog Pride. <laughs> I think we did cover all the bases of, like, queer dating and relationships yeah. and the complexities and all of that. The highs and know. lows. The highs, the highs and lows of American football. <laughs> what? Riverdale was so wild. Sorry. So fucking weird. Did Riverdale end? I don't know. I think That's a good question. It's, it's I think there were lesbians season. on Riverdale. I don't worse. care. <laughs> you know how bad a piece of media has to be for me to not care if there are lesbians? Glee <laughs> had lesbians. They did. They did. Famously. I forgot <laughs> about Glee. I keep forgetting about Glee. <gasps> how could you? Yeah. I feel like the world, I feel like if people forget about, I feel like once people like start forgetting about Glee, the world is healing. <laughs> I'll never yeah. forget. I know game, you know the game, TM, the one where it's like, if you think about the game you've lost, yeah. I feel that way about Glee. <laughs> <laughs> you're already losing if you're um, thinking about yeah, Glee. Yeah, if you're thinking about Glee, you've lost. <laughs> I like celebrated Pride Month starting by listening to the Glee cover of Born This Way. That's so. fucking hilarious. Great. So <laughs> yeah. We love Glee. No. I'm Alrighty. speaking for Albright right now. Um, <laughs> so we're on behalf of the whole organization. Yes, we all love Glee. Chris is about to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> does he not like? Does he not like um um? Glee? Not the Glee, the conversation. Oh, this is a conversation. It's funny now. Yes. We're being silly and goofy. Let me just talk with Venmo again real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Did I sign off? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we got it. Alright, y'all. You've heard it here first. That's our takes on queer dating and queer navigating sex. sex and romance. And the problems. And the problems with all of that. We did get off topic quite a bit. I'm sorry, Chris. It's fine. We're not sorry. <laughs> we did you actually speak on behalf of the whole organization? Yeah, I speak on behalf of Outright um, when I say, uh, thanks, Chris, but you're graduating. We're not sorry. Jake is going to be podcast head. Yeah. We cannot finish his outro properly. That's so no, funny. Yeah, no. um, anyways, I'm going to redo that outro. Chris yeah. won't cut all that out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just learned how to do it. And it's like a 10 minute yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, it's also like oh, this God. too. It's also this one. You find oh, my God. Yes. We've been oh, can we do this to sign off? Like, everyone just yeah, kisses. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. The flag. All right, all right. Okay, hold on. Outro time. Outro time. Outro for real, for real. For real. All right. Yeah. I have been Gina. Um, no. This has been the Outright Podcast, and this was our episode on queer dating and navigating sex slash romance. Also, happy pride happy to those who pride. celebrate. Um, <laughs> those who celebrate. <laughs> That's a funny way to put it. I already tweeted this earlier. Not I was like, target. I was like, 
<laughs> we gotta pack it up for pride. And happy this Toyota summer too much. sales for those who do not. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah, I've been Judah, and this is this was my lovely team for today. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. Instagram, TikTok, TikTok, and TikTok. outright and Facebook, news. Facebook, Facebook. I'm, Facebook. I'm pretty sure, sure we have a Facebook. Crazy. Uh, outright at outright news mag, and you could read our articles on outrightnewsmag.com. Also, can somebody pass me a copy of one of those prints, please? Yes. Oh, my God, true. Oh, so if you're on campus at UCLA, you will see these lovely prints in the stands. Feel free to take one. It's our color print. Happy Pride, y'all. That's we released it. <laughs> um, yeah, so for, feel, feel free to take that. Um, anyways, yeah.